Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Y'all ready? On your feet tonight, Bethesda Church. Come on, all over this place. It's first Wednesday. Come on, hands up. Who's excited to be in the house of God tonight? The Spirit of the Lord is here and He's real and He's in this room. Come on. I hope you brought your very best praise tonight. Come on. Come on, press in. He's here. Hey. Come on, shout a praise to God. Shout a praise to God tonight. Come on, put your hands together, church. Well, welcome to First Wednesday. Welcome to our church. If this is your first time here, we're so glad that you are. Come on, let's sing. From urban streets to open plains, we are under one name. No one is lost or goes unseen, because we're all loved by our King. Come on, you said, this is nothing ordinary. There's power in the name we carry. You believe that? Come on. Every nation, every tongue. Oh, welcome to the kingdom. We say all the rich, all the poor. Come on. All the people are yours. We are daughters. We are sons. More than mortals. We are royals. We are yours. Unbound, running free, different stories, one dream. We don't wonder that we belong. We found our home in the Father's love. Come on, you sing it out, say, This is nothing ordinary. There's power in the name we carry. We believe every nation, every time. You're welcome. Welcome to the kingdom. We sing all the rich, all the poor, all the people. You believe it? We are daughters. We are sons. More than mortals, we are. We are. We are yours. We are yours. We are yours. We are yours. singing tonight, Bethesda. In His love, we have found our freedom. Amen. Come on. Hands up. We say, oh, all the rich, all the poor, all the people. 
voice, come on. your hallelujah up tonight to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. He's in this room. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies. That's what we're doing tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Come on.
my goodness gracious. We got one more t-shirt. Who wants it? Who wants it? Who wants it? Come on, get crazy. Who wants it? Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. Give it up for everybody. For a second. Hey, no problem. Love you guys. Come on. Thank you guys so much. How many of you guys enjoyed this church? Come on, give it up for Eli Dingus for busting the moon. I love this place. How many of you guys, this is home. Can I get an amen? Well, go ahead, take a seat as the ushers prepare to serve you. We are going to continue our series on the other guy, the Holy Spirit. Like I said, Pastor Chad has got straight fire coming tonight from the Word of God. How many of you guys came expected to hear from God this evening? All right, half of a section. All right, we'll work with that. Well, hey, why don't we just pray and uh, we'll just ask God to open up our hearts and our minds and just be able to receive from what God has for us tonight. Amen. Let's just go to prayer. God, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for allowing us to be here. God, I pray right now that your presence would just be so tangible in this house, God, that, that people that came in here with burdens, God, that people that came in here with struggles, God, addictions and brokenness, God, that your presence would free them tonight, Father God. Lord, I pray that people would leave changed in this house from your word. So I pray you would open up our hearts and our minds to be able to hear and receive from your word tonight. God, I pray that you would bless this offering and multiply it and bless those who are giving into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, and first Wednesday said, amen. You guys got quiet. How's everybody doing tonight? Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them you're looking better than I thought you would. Amen. It is so good to see you in God's house tonight. Um, what a fun atmosphere. Uh, just not only fun, but you can feel the presence of God in this place tonight. I came in right around six o'clock tonight. And as soon as I walked into the green room and got ready to pray, I just really sensed a strong presence of God. And I believe that you're not here by accident, that God is not only gonna speak to you, but I believe that you're going, you're going to experience God tonight. How many are expecting to experience God tonight? <laughs> Amen, it's gonna be a really good night. Um, before I dive into the Word of God, I, I do want to say welcome to First Wednesday. We are honored that you are here. I know August is probably, you, it's probably the lowest attended First Wednesday of the year for us every year because there's vacations and back to schools coming up and the fair is right around the corner and all that. But I believe that tonight is going to be a very significant night for us. And uh, what I want to say to, to kind of get this thing going we came into this year fully expecting God to do amazing things. We came into this year with anticipation and expectation, believing that God was gonna blow our minds, and he is doing that. We, uh, we, we knew we had to push hard to get into this beautiful facility and uh, to see what God is doing week in and week out. I, I think up till last Sunday, 424 people have already came to Christ this year. 424. And, and so I, I, I mentioned that because we, we knew that God was, he's been leading us since 2007. We know that. 
But I also knew that coming into this year, Karen and I both felt really, really strong that there was going to be a moving of the Holy Spirit, not just in salvations, because how many of you understand when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the result was 3,000 people got saved. So, so you got to understand salvation is, is a result of the Holy Spirit. But we also felt like God was going to begin to do some significant things as it relates to people being filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, that, they, that people would experience deliverance and miracles. And so we're, we're just pressing into that. And, I, you know, as, as your pastor, th there have been times in the past that I felt the tension between um, reaching the lost and empowering the found. Does that make sense? I felt this tension, you know, because if we focus on the lost, are we, are we not going to be able to empower the found? Or if we empower the found folk, are we going to be able to reach the lost? And it was a real tension that, that I have felt for years, but tension, I have learned, is not a bad thing. Tension is a good thing because it's in the tension that we grow. It's in the tension that we create a life of balance. And so uh, I, here, here, I'm getting to this point. Here's what I've learned. We can reach the lost and empower those that are saved. Um, and, and, and what we're going to do, what, what, we, what we have to understand is that we are called as Bethesda Church to love the hell out of people and also empower those that have come into a relationship with Jesus. Now, some of y'all thought I just cussed. No, I'm saying we're going to love them till all the hell comes out of them. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to love the hell out of people. Oh, my goodness. The religious folk, they mad now. But that's what we're called to do. And tonight, uh, I, I want to pick up where I left off on Sunday. We kicked off this series on the Holy Spirit called The Other Guy. And I mentioned to you on Sunday that our Heavenly Father is in heaven on his throne. Jesus, when he got up, we know that he ascended to the right hand of the Father and he has been seated. And there's nothing you can do to get Jesus back up. He's not getting back up. And the one person in the Godhead that is still in the earth is the Holy Spirit, and he's often the most ignored and misunderstood out of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. How many know that, that when Jesus poured out his spirit, well, I, I said Sunday, Christ is not his last name. That, that is his function. Christ means the anointing. That, that's what it, so, so when Christ went up, or when Jesus went up, Christ stayed in the earth, the presence of God. The anointing stayed here. And, and so it, it functions through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I want to just, I, this is going to be real simple, but for some of you this is going to be new. But I want to talk to you about the third baptism tonight. And the third baptism. I'm um, going to hit a lot of scripture, and then we're going to pray for people, and I believe it's going to be a night of empowerment. Now, some of you may say right out the gate, third baptism I thought there were, you know, there was only one, and I did that. You know, I, I got in the tub of water, I was baptized. All right, but the Scripture teaches very clearly there are three baptisms. Now, if you have been saved and water baptized, you have already experienced two out of the three. All right, hit your neighbor and tell them two out of the three. 
but we're talking about the third baptism. So let's start here, and we'll just read scriptures as we go. Um, the three baptisms, number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. All right, that is the first baptism. The Greek word for baptize is baptizo, which simply means to immerse. If you immerse something, it means that it is totally wet. The Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes us into Jesus. This is the salvation experience. How many of you understand that you cannot come into a relationship with Jesus unless the Holy Spirit draw you? And so it is a working, it, this first baptism, watch this, the Holy Spirit, he performs it by bringing us into a relationship with Jesus. The second, now, now before I give you the second, let's read this verse in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So when he says that for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, the Holy Spirit has baptized us into the body of Jesus, the body of Christ. The second baptism, which is the one everybody knows, the disciples, or the, the disciple baptizes us in water. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When we get baptized in water, it simply has to be done by, by a disciple, by someone who is following Jesus. It doesn't have to be done by a pastor. Can I get an amen? You don't have to have the pastor baptize you in water. Any follower of Jesus, disciple of Jesus, can, can do a, a baptismal service. So we, with that second baptism is how the old man, how many, the, the first baptism in salvation, that is we become a new person. Everybody understand that? When we get baptized in water, that is the old man dying. That's what it is. We, we're leaving the old man in the water and we're getting up a new Cre new creation. We were raised to life, if you will. Now, the third baptism is the one Jesus performs, and Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So the, there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there is also a baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is the baptism the Holy Spirit performs, all right? So, so that's when the Holy Spirit brings us into relationship with Jesus. But when we talk about the baptism in or with the Spirit, we are talking about what Jesus did for the disciples in Acts chapter 2. That's what he will do for you and I. Now, people confuse the first and the third baptism. A lot of people think they are the same experience, but they are two separate experiences. 
Look at what John the Baptist said concerning the third baptism. You have to remember, John is the forerunner to Jesus. He's the one preparing the way. And here's what John said concerning Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus is the Holy Spirit baptizer. How many know Jesus is the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? That's what, that's what John is talking about here. He, he's saying there's one coming that's mightier than me, and, and he's not just going to baptize you into repentance. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so by the Holy Spirit, we are baptized into one body. But Jesus will baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say, theologically, we can see real clearly, and I'm going to continue to show you this, that it's two separate experiences, but we can also see it grammatically. Jesus wants to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So, check this out. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is in every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk. Now, you see how quiet it is in here? Because some of you are like, where are we going tonight? Well, what's going to happen to me? But, but, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit is in all four Gospels. And it's significant to understand because there, there are only a handful of things that you can find in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke... All right, they are what we call synoptic gospels. So you can read about a story in Matthew and turn over to Luke and read about that same story. They are synoptic. They write about uh, the birth of Christ and then they jump straight into year three of the ministry of Jesus. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke do that. They are synoptic gospels. The gospel of John, though, is a little bit different. John is not part of the synoptic gospels. There are things that that all four Gospels have, but there are things that John wrote about that the other three did not. John wrote, I mean, when you look at John chapter 2, for instance, Jesus turns the water into wine. In John 3, the encounter of Jesus and Nicodemus, where Nicodemus experiences uh, the message on being born again. In John 4, the woman at the well. In John chapter 8, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. So there's a lot of things that John writes that Matthew, Mark, and Luke did not write about. But here's the thing. There are two major doctrines that are, that are in all four Gospels. You want to know what they are? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Those are the two things you will find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the only two you're going to find that, that is in all four. So Jesus dying for our sins and defeating death and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Matthew 3 and 11, look at it again. Indeed, I, I, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me, he's mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
just to help me out so I don't feel like I'm all by myself tonight, just look at your neighbor and tell him fire. fire. All right. Come on, find somebody else to tell him fire. fire. Now, we're really making people nervous. All right. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Matthew, we just saw it. Here's Mark. Mark 1.8. I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let's go on to Luke. Luke 3.16. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now notice how similar Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about that. Very, very similar language. But look at John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 133. It says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say third baptism. All right. I love how John puts this. He says, the one upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, that is the one that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Why is this significant? Because the Holy Spirit up until this time had never descended on anyone and remained. Think about the Old Testament, for instance, that the Holy Spirit would come upon men in the Old Testament, like King Saul. Y'all remember King Saul? The Holy Spirit came upon him, and he would even prophesy at times. But when he offered the sacrifices without the prophet Samuel being there, and he was in disobedience, the Scripture says that the Spirit of God departed from him. David had the anointing, had the presence of God, had a lot going for him. But the scripture says that when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, that the presence of God left him because we can see his, his cry of repentance in Psalm 51 when he says to God, he says, God, return unto me the joy of thy salvation. And he says, let the Holy Spirit come back into my life. He said, don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Even with Moses, think about Moses, who walked with God, talked with God, face-to-face, was a friend of God, had, had the anointing and the presence of God on his life. And a lot of us, we talk about the veil that he put over his faith, over his face. A lot of us think, well, he put the veil over his face because if people saw the glory of God on him, it would have killed them. He didn't put the veil over his face like to keep the glory from getting to the people. He put the veil over his face because the glory that he had in the Old Testament was fading away. The glory was departing. The glory was leaving. So John says, the one whom you see that the Spirit comes, descends upon him, and it remains upon him, that is the one that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so from the time of Jesus until now, how many of you know we don't have the Holy Spirit coming and touching our lives and then departing, but the Holy Spirit is here to stay, that he takes up residence on the inside of you, that you have been bought with a price, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he lives on the inside. I may not be able to find a preacher, a pastor, an apostle, or anybody, but I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, and he's there 24-7. 
Now, a lot of us, we say things like, when, when we get to heaven, I just want to talk to Moses and ask him what it was like to have such power, you know, to do such great things. I want to ask David about killing the bear and the lion. And, and that's cool. You may do that. But did you know some of the, those Old Testament patriarchs are going to ask you, what was it like to carry? Some of y'all ain't catching me right now. What, what was it like not to have the Holy Spirit come on you and depart, but what was it like to house the Holy Spirit? What was it like to be a temple of the Holy Spirit where he resided on the inside of you? And so the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and then remained. And so when John the Baptist baptized him, that is the moment that he saw the Spirit of God descend and remain because when John baptized him, the heavens opened, the Father spoke, and the Holy Spirit descended. The, the Scripture says the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended. Now, a lot of you think, you know, the, the dove descended. How many, we've seen the movies of the dove, and we see the Like, we get all messed up with the dove. The dove there wasn't a dove on him. Says the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. So it's not about the dove, it's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the person of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus was, had the Holy Spirit, which if Jesus, who was sinless and spotless, had the Holy Spirit, then how much more do you and I, as messed up and as jacked up as all of us are, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit? Every single day, we need the Holy Spirit to descend upon us and remain. So there are three baptisms in Scripture. There's salvation, there's water, and there's spirit. Salvation, water, spirit. The first baptism happens when we come to Christ. That's salvation. Anybody thankful for the first baptism? You know Jesus. That's the first baptism. The Holy Spirit performs it. The second baptism happens when we are baptized by a follower of Jesus in water. That is representation of the old man dying. The third baptism is when Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually, we're going to talk about this this coming Sunday, he actually told his disciples that it was to their advantage that he leave so that the Holy Spirit could come, which what we have to put our mind around is that it is better to have the Holy Spirit in you than Jesus beside you. Now see, some of us, we struggle with that. Like, Jesus said it, not me. He's like, y'all got me every day. You got me every day. But I'm sending one that's going to live on the inside of you. The same one I felt when I went into prayer this evening and I could tell that God was going to speak to us and there would be people that would leave this place differently than they came in. That presence that resides in us, that, that inner peace, that inner moving, that, that puts us in the right place at the right time. So Jesus in Scripture is our example. We need to ask, did he have these three baptisms? All right? So I, I want to just start right here. I want to make sure I'm real clear. Call it one anybody saying I'm preaching heresy. But is Jesus saved? Don't answer that. 
Jesus didn't need to be saved. There are some doctrines out there that Jesus had to get saved. Jesus did not need salvation. Let me say it another way. Jesus was born right the first time. He doesn't need to be born again. So the salvation thing, the first baptism, was taken care of because he was born the right way. All right? He didn't need that part of it. But we do know that he, he was born the right way, but he also submitted to water baptism. He is our example. He's baptized. The heavens open. The Holy Spirit comes. So he experienced, he didn't need salvation, but we know he was the spotless Lamb of God. He was water baptized, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. So we can see all three baptisms even in Jesus. Now, he's our example, and listen to his last words that he gave to his followers in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You gotta understand, he's already defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he's got some final instructions. And his final instructions are, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I want you to go and wait, and I don't want you to do ministry until you're empowered. You know why a lot of people are worn out in church work and church ministry is because they're doing things in the arm of the flesh. I'm going to kick this podium if y'all don't help me. Y'all think I'm, gonna, I'm really not going to kick it. I just like saying that. He says, I want you to wait, and I don't want you to move until you've been empowered. I, I don't even want you to do ministry until you've been empowered. I want you to wait for the promise to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, fast forward a chapter. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, anybody like the suddenly of God? It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house, the whole house, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. They waited for the promise. The promise arrives. They're filled with the promise, the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak in, in other tongues, in other languages that were not learned. Peter then begins preaching after the Holy Spirit has fallen because how many know when the Holy Spirit starts moving, there's a lot of people asking, what's going on? Like, what's happening? You know, what, what's wrong? They were accused in Acts 2 of being drunk. And Peter had to tell them, they're not drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's not that you couldn't be drunk at 9 a.m., I don't guess. But, <laughs> you know, but he tells them that. But if you drop to verse 37 and 38 of Acts 2, look at this. It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? I want you to see this very, very clearly. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
He says, repent, salvation, first baptism. Get baptized in water, second baptism. And you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, third baptism. So Peter references the three baptisms. The gift of the Holy Spirit, though, a lot of us, we think the gift of the Holy Spirit is tongues. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not tongues. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Man, I got a lot of preaching and teaching to do to get us to where we can, we can grab hold of this because a lot of us, we think, well, it's just, it's not time. The gift is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, then you got nine gifts available. Tongues, one of them. Why, why do we only focus on the tongues? Why don't we talk about the gift of faith or healing or the working of miracles or prophecy or words of wisdom? Why, why we got to get stuck on one? We're going to hit this in this series, but you, I, I can't give it all away. <clears throat> Jesus said, wait on the promise. And some people will say, and this is, this is real big in church. They will say, yeah, that's great, Pastor, but that was for the 120 that were there. That was for them. That, that, you know, that was for then, you know, like not only then, that was back then. We, we don't need this. But look at what Peter goes on to say in verse 39. He says, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. What, what's he talking? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's saying this is for you, your kids, and for generation after generation, this is for you. Come on, hit your neighbor and tell him it's for you. It's for you. Now, let's, let's continue. You guys hanging in there? We're more than halfway done. <clears throat> Look at Acts 8. Acts 8, starting in verse 12. It says, but when they believed, I want you to see the three baptisms again. Because a lot of times we'll look at Acts 1 and 2, and then we think that's it. This happens all through the book of Acts. All through the book of Acts, we can see this, the three baptisms. Acts 8, starting in verse 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. We have to see right here, they believed, they got water baptized, and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a point, but also a question. Why would they go pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit if they had already received the Holy Spirit? They were already followers of Jesus, but there was still another baptism they needed. There was another experience that they needed that was separate than salvation. Two different experiences, two different baptisms, Salvation is one experience, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience. 
Now, before anybody throws something at me, obviously, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. How many know that? At the moment of salvation. That the Holy Spirit is now living on the inside of you. But there is a separate experience that takes place that empowers us and equips us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, to have power for our lives. Acts chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, it says, For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Let me just, can you all see these are two different experiences? I'm just reading the Bible to you. Now, some of us, we've been, in, we've been in church so much and been taught wrong so long that we, we can't even see clear revelation when we just read it. That it is so clear. Like, if you want to exclude the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you've got to rip out a ton of pages. You've got to take a bunch of your Bible and just say, I don't believe that. It is there, it is clear. Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He wants to anoint you. Listen, a lot of us were saved. We know Jesus. We've been water baptized, but we haven't experienced the third baptism. So we're ready for heaven. We just don't have any power on the earth. Thank you. We're ready for heaven, but we don't have any power here on the earth. How many know you don't need the Holy Spirit when you get to heaven? You need the Holy Spirit now. So look at this in Acts 19. Listen, I had 12 pages. We're on eight. All right, is this all right tonight? Okay. Acts 19. Acts 19. Verses 1 and 2. It says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciple. I just want to stop right here. And finding some disciples. Let's let that sink in. Disciples are followers of Jesus. All right? They're already following Jesus. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether, the, like, we know Jesus, we just don't know the Holy Spirit. We, we're following Jesus, but we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So the Apostle Paul, the greatest, I want you to hear me, the greatest apostle who ever lived that wrote more than a third of your New Testament that gives us most of the theology that we need to operate a church, to run a church, all the leadership principles, how a church is supposed to run, it all came from the Apostle Paul. And, and he found some disciples, and, and you gotta understand about Paul. He said on one occasion, he, in scripture, he, he writes about that he saw things and had revelation that he couldn't even utter to people because of the weight of the revelation. All right, there was, there was things that Paul knew that he couldn't even tell people because they would have been crushed under the weight of the revelation. All right, this guy had a walk with God and he found some disciples and he asked them, 
did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Continue reading, Acts 19.3. And he said to them, <laughs> I love Paul, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Two gifts of the Spirit right here. They were already disciples. They already loved Jesus. They were already following Jesus. But Paul said, you need the Holy Spirit. You, you've experienced one baptism. You've experienced water baptism. You, you got salvation and water baptism, but now you need your empowerment. Now you need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. So Paul, I love it. He says, into what to were you baptized? And, and so we see all through Acts, they repented salvation. Water baptized, the old man is dead. And then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit the third baptism. Couple more things, I'm on page nine of 12. First John chapter five. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. To what do they bear witness? They, they bear witness of the supernatural, the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, we know in, in this scripture that word, how many know Jesus is the word? In, in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, John 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, all right? So when it says in this scripture, Father, Word, and Holy Spirit, he's talking about God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, all right? Salvation, many times in scripture, is connected to blood, how many of you understand that? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. That there is blood connected. Look at 1 John chapter 5 and 8. Because we, we're talking about three baptisms here on the earth, right? But he, ta he, he gives us the three that are in agreement there. But in 1 John 5 and 8, it says, There are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. Right there you see Holy Spirit. Right there you see baptism in water, and you also see blood, which we know who shed his blood, Jesus. We see the three baptisms here, spirit, water, and blood. When we get saved, we become a new, new person. When we get baptized in water, the old man dies. When we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are now empowered for service. We need all three. In order to go to heaven, I want you to hear me. In order to go to heaven, all you need is the first baptism. Salvation. How many of salvation means you're ready for heaven? Okay. How do we know that, Pastor? Because a lot of churches will say, unless you are saved and baptized, you won't make it. Well, the thief made it. The thief on the cross? Some of you are like, the thief, the devil? No, not the devil. The thief on the cross. He repented while there, and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
Like he didn't say, hey, soldiers, I'm up here crucified. Could you let me down and to get in the tub? All right, he made it. But I, I, I want you to see that this is not about salvation. This is about power to live. It's about power for service. It's about laying hands on the sick and see them recovering. It's about prophesying and giving people a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge in a time of need. A lot of us, you know what's wrong with us? We want the gifts to operate in the church. If, if everybody just started flowing in the gifts, we would have chaos in here. Church, it doesn't mean we can't operate in the gifts here, but this is the place to be equipped, Ephesians 4. So I, I just wish they'd move in the Why don't you move in the gifts? Take the anointing to your job. Take the presence of God to your school. Take it to Walmart. God knows you need it. You would be amazed at what would happen in your life if you would start flowing in the Holy Ghost everywhere you went. Worship team, y'all better come. I'm on page 10. If I do that, y'all don't check out on me. It's like, he's getting close. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. I'm reading this verse to you because you can go back to the Old Testament, to the nation of Israel, when God is bringing them out, and you can clearly see the three baptisms. Moses was their deliverer. The Old Testament is a type and shadow of things to come. Moses was not Jesus, but how many know Moses was a type of Christ? He was a deliverer. That's what he was. He delivered people out of bondage. What does Jesus do? He delivers people out of their bondage. So we, we need to be baptized into Christ. The Holy Spirit does that. We need to be baptized in water. The disciple does that. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus does that. They were cloud by day in the Old Testament when they were coming out and fire by night. And I want you to see the figurative language in 1 Corinthians 10 too. It says, they all were baptized into Moses. Moses is a type of who? Christ. This is not a trick question. They were all baptized into Moses. That's salvation. In the cloud, that's the Holy Spirit. And in the sea, that's water baptism. All three baptisms we can see when Moses leads the people out of Egyptian bondage. It was a type and shadow of three experiences that you and I would receive on this side of Jesus. That by his blood I am saved, first baptism. I come and I obey and follow his example and I get in the water and I allow another follower of Jesus to baptize me in water because the old man is dead and I am raised to life as a new creation. But there is a third baptism that no Nobody wants to talk about that is the power we need to live on the earth and that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit
Now, I'm on page 11. I want you to look at the tabernacle with me real quick in the Old Testament so that you can see this. This is a picture of the Old Testament tabernacle. And, and you have to understand, God gave Moses the instructions to build this, gave him the exact specs. Watch this. He said, if you will do it the way I want it done, I'll come live in it. The scripture says they obeyed every detail God gave them. Every, I'm talking ram skins, dyed red, like I, you, detail that is unbelievable. People come here and say, look at the detail. This is amazing. I'm telling you, you want to see detail, look at the tabernacle. Like it's got to be this size and this color and this kind of wood and this kind of, like everything was detailed. God says, if you'll build the kind of house that I'm looking for, I will come and live in it. God is always, he told, he told David and, and his son Solomon, when you build the temple, build it the way I want it and I will come and I'll live there. He said, build me an ark of the covenant and a mercy seat and if you'll do it the way I want it done, I'll come sit on it. So when we do, a lot of times the reason we're missing out is because we play by our rules and not God's rules. And I'm not talking about law, I am talking about when we do it God's way, he starts to inhabit that, that, that vessel. So when we look at this, this tabernacle, first off, it says gate. You could call it a gate or a door. Did you know there was only one entrance to the tabernacle? One way in. One door. That's a picture of Jesus. How many know he is the door? He is the only way. There is only one way to the Father, and that makes some people mad, but the only way you can get to the Father is through Jesus. One door. One door on your way in and I, I, I could have I could go into so much detail I'm not going to do it I just got to give you two points you you some of you are like that's enough detail I'm overloaded there's one door but you had to stop at the brazen altar now this is this is so important because the brazen altar was a place where they would take the blood they would shed the blood of an animal the blood of a lamb it's representation of salvation because Jesus is the spotless lamb, okay? They moved on to the laver. Everybody say the laver, all right? The laver is the washing of water. So you, you're gonna shed some blood and then you're gonna move on to the laver and that is the washing of water which represents water baptism, the second baptism. Are y'all even in this building tonight? Listen, you gotta grab this, you gotta grab this. And then, before they would go in, they had to be anointed at the altar of incense. And, and some would say that this was a flask of oil that you had to be anointed with. So you had the shedding of blood, you had the washing of water, that's salvation and water baptism, but then you had to stop and be anointed with oil. For those of you that are new to your faith, oil in scripture always speaks of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It represents the third baptism, even in the Old Testament. Before you could go into the Holy of Holies, you had to be saved by the blood. You had to be water baptized in the laver, and you gotta be anointed with the Holy Spirit before you can make it all the way into the presence of God. Three baptisms. Blood, salvation. Water, water baptism, oil, Holy Spirit. Here, here's what I want you to know. 
God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He wants, to, he wants you to experience the third baptism. Some, of, some people are just like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What's it going to feel like? Listen, some people feel emotions and they cry and they dance and they run around the room. Other people don't feel anything. It's not about a feeling. Watch this. You receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit the same way you receive Jesus. It's by faith. It's by faith. Well, pastor, do you talk in those tongues every day? Every day? Why don't you do it in the microphone? Because it's not for, when I pray in tongues, it don't build you up. When I pray in tongues, it builds me up. It's my, it's my prayer language that God has given to me. We'll break this down further in the series, but here's what I had to get to. I want you to stand with me. Man, I, I sense his presence tonight. I'm gonna ask that, I, I wanna make sure there's order, that we do this in a way that honors God and that we're not just going through motions. So I, I really need prayer team, staff, people who, are, who, have, who have experienced the third baptism. That's all I'm gonna say about that. You've already experienced that. You know you've experienced the third baptism. Those people that I just mentioned, I need you to come first. Come first. Come first. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and deal with a religious devil real quick. Does the, does the people who've experienced the third baptism, does that make them better than me? Absolutely not. The baptism in the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The baptism in the Holy Spirit makes me better than me. Did you catch that? It makes me better than me. It equips me, it empowers me. So here, here's what, what I wanna do. If you want to receive the third baptism, or maybe you're here and you've experienced that before, but it's like, man, I, I just, you know, it's been a while. Like I, I, haven't, I haven't flowed in those gifts. I haven't, had, I haven't prayed in the prayer language that God, you know, gave me at one time. But whether you want to be filled or refilled, I want you to move now and come line across in front of this prayer team. I want you to move now and come line across right in front of this prayer team. Holy Spirit, help us tonight. Help us tonight. Holy Spirit comes by faith as you're coming. I'm going to give you some more instruction. And I'm going to come down and pray with people as well. We receive, I was never taught this, so I struggled. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. And tonight, I believe that every person's gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I hate to even go there because, you know, I, I don't wanna get into a theological argument, but, but here's what happens when it comes to this third baptism. We get in our own way. 
And, and, and tonight, I'm believing you're going to be filled with, with, the, with the Holy Spirit. But I don't want you to just focus. Like, let, let me tell you a quick story. There, there, there was this um, one guy who said he, he, he would come to the altar all the time and ask God, fill me. I, know I want the third baptism. And, and it, this went on and on and on. But he said I, he didn't have a prayer language praying in tongues until one night he woke his wife up praying in tongues. And he made the point, he said, God couldn't give me my language until I was at rest because I was in his way. We get in our own way. So, so it's kind of like if I were to bless you with a computer, a brand new one, how many know if you don't know anything about computers, you gotta learn how that thing works. Like if you don't turn it on and play with it, you're not even gonna know what the features are. I'm telling you, even the ones that have been filled, you don't even know all the features of the Holy Spirit yet. You, you, you can't just put that thing on the desk and leave it. You gotta learn to flow in that. D.L. Moody, last thing I'll tell you before we pray. We've all heard the name, most of us have heard the name D.L. Moody. But he pastored a struggling church, but he had two old ladies that would come tell their pastor, imagine this, telling their pastor, Pastor, we're praying for you that you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And at first he was like, I, I already did when I got saved. He was gracious, they were gracious, went on, but they would constantly remind him, we're praying for you that you receive the Holy Spirit. And he said it was time went by, but one night he was in his basement reading the word of God and a lot of the scriptures that we, we went over tonight, they jumped off the page. He's in his basement. And he said he experienced the third baptism in the Holy Spirit and he described it as waves of liquid love running all over him. Now listen, he left that. Now he had a struggling church. He went back, started preaching the same sermons he had been preaching. But now people started getting saved. Then hundreds started getting saved. Then thousands started getting saved because this is an anointing for service. Listen, the power of the Holy Spirit is not just so you can speak in tongues and prophesy. The power of the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to do the job you have, to raise the kids you're raising. Come on, somebody to handle your money better. It's gonna help you in every part of your life. So here's what I want to do before we sing this last song and we begin to pray for people. I want you to turn your hands up, those that are here to receive it. Come on, hands up in the air. You say, why? That's a sign of surrender. That's all that is. And I want you to begin to, you don't even have to pray out loud right now. I just want you to pray in your heart. And, and I, I, I want you to tell the Holy Spirit, to, to talk to the Holy Spirit, to talk to Jesus. He's the one that baptizes us. And simply tell him in your heart, that you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We receive it by faith. Now, I do believe tonight people are gonna receive their prayer language. I also believe that others of you will, will begin to grow in it. You're going, you may be in your private time and just your private prayer and you're gonna to begin to pray in an unknown tongue that you are not taught. It's gonna happen. It builds Jude verse 20, the book right before Revelation says, when we pray in the Spirit, it builds up. It's like going to the gym and lifting weights. That's what the Holy Spirit will do for you, spiritually speaking. So I want you to begin to tell Jesus you wanna be baptized, whether you do that out loud or in your heart. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I am believing that we, we're, we're here to honor you, to lift you up, and, and, and Father, 
this is a promise and a gift that you gave to us. And Jesus, you said that the Holy Spirit couldn't come until you first of all went away. So Father, I take authority now in the name of Jesus over anything that would separate us from receiving this gift that you have tonight. Father, I take authority over bitterness and anger and rejection and resentment and addiction and fear. And Father, I pray that our hearts be open and God, that we would be in a posture of receiving and God, that you would fill your people tonight with the power of the Holy Spirit. Prayer team and staff, you guys start praying for people. Come on, put your hands. The Bible says as they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray for people. Begin to pray for people. Come on, use your faith. Use your faith. Come on, pray, pray. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. Worship team, come on. I'm going to go down and pray for people, but let's, let's continue to worship tonight.
let's just be in this moment tonight. what I love about the Holy Spirit is he can come in like a suddenly and like thunder but he can also move in a whisper man it's just a really cool anointing in this place right now I believe you could be healed in this moment the power of the Holy Spirit is in this place come on just lift your hands right there just just acknowledge who God is in this moment acknowledge who who the Holy, listen, the Holy Spirit is no less God than the Father and Jesus. They, they, those, they, they three persons, but they're all in agreement. He's not any less God. That's why Jesus said it's better that he be in you than me right beside you. The scripture says that, that, we, that, that rivers of living water will begin to flow out of our lives. Listen, that, that, that's, why, that's where the tongues come, come from. And for some of you, you, you we, we allow moments like this, like if we don't pray in tongues in this moment, we get disappointed. But what you don't understand, some of you, you're going to be in your own personal time and you're going to be praying and you're going to go from English into a prayer language that comes by the Holy Spirit. It's not about showing off in front of people. It's about building up your most holy faith. 
It's about building up spiritual muscle. Pray in the Spirit, Jude 1.20. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. He said, I'll pray with the understanding and I'll pray in the Spirit. Listen, there are times I pray and I'm just like, dear God, help me. And dear God, could you do this for my kids? God, could you do this in my marriage? But you know, there are times when that, that's just not cutting it. And so I begin to pray in the, in the language God has given. And scripture says when we pray in the spirit, we pray directly to God. That my spirit communicates with the spirit of God. It's powerful. And the church has been robbed of this revelation. And we've got to, we, we, we got to put a stop to teaching that says that was for them. Listen, if they needed it 2,000 years ago, how many know in this culture, in this generation, with everything going on in our world, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you believe it, come on, church, let's give him a shout tonight. How many would say tonight that you feel like the Holy Spirit touched you and you experienced him in a brand new way? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. I want to see hands. You feel like you, you experience. Look at all these hands that are going up. Look at all these hands that are going up. Now here, as I said, I, 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 I got to teach. If I give you a brand new computer, you got to learn all the features. So many people, they come into a service like this, hear a sermon like that, and, and they, they experience the Holy Spirit, and then they go back to just doing life the same old. Listen, get alone with God. I'm not saying you gotta shut yourself away from your family for two hours a day, but I am saying you need to find a quiet place. Open up your Bible, read the scriptures, pray, allow the Holy Spirit to move, and you'll find yourself operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You're gonna be in Walmart, and you're gonna have a word of wisdom for somebody. You're gonna be in there, and you're gonna run into somebody that's sick, and you know what's gonna happen? The gift of healing is gonna manifest right there, and you're gonna pray for them, they're gonna get healed right there. There's so much that's, that's coming open, come, just coming alive to me, because listen, God the Father gave us gifts, Romans 12. All right, Jesus gave us gifts, Ephesians 4. All right, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. They don't have a gift, they are the gift. When Jesus ascended, he left us five offices that are gifts to the body. But in 1 Corinthians 12, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit is the Holy Spirit, but how many know he comes with nine manifestations? Nine manifestations. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a church where we do really, we really do love the hell out of people, but we also empower those that know Jesus. Come on, somebody. Let's give God a shout if we believe that tonight. Here's what I want to do. I don't care who it is. I just want you to find somebody real quick, join hands with them. And, and I, I'm going to go and sit down. You can, you can leave after this, and the, the band will just, you know, play behind us. But I just want you to pray for somebody. All right? The Scripture says, prophesy according to your faith. According to your faith. Um, you got to give the, the, the Holy Spirit an opportunity to use you. So right now, just pray for somebody. Encourage somebody in the Lord. Pray. If you know they're sick, pray for them. Pray that God heal them. But can we end this night in prayer? You guys thankful you came to First Wednesday in August? Amen. God bless you. Pray for some people before you leave.
Come on, just begin to pray for your neighbor right now. Come on, lift it up right now. Fill this whole room up with prayers to heaven tonight. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.